Welcome back to Feed the Bear, a Mayor of Kingstown podcast brought to you by DVR Podcast, baby. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. And as you'll notice, there's no ads, but you can support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash DVR. Please do so. Please support the DVR Podcasting Network. We're independent podcasters doing our thing. Patreon.com slash DVR. We're here today to talk about two episodes, the first two episodes of The Mayor of Kingstown Season 2. My name is Axel, and with me again, of course, is Solo. What's up, buddy? We're back. We are back. Yeah, people sign up for Patreon so we could feed that bear, <laughs> yeah. or else we're going to be tossing it scraps. But before we get into the episode, just want to give a, a, a shout out as our our number one, our lead actor of Mayor Kicks on Jeremy Renner had a bad snowplow accident, broke his uh, like 30 breaks and his bones. And oh, was, I, I didn't realize like how serious it was till I saw pictures of him posting in the hospital and stuff. And, yeah, man. Oh, so, yeah. so prayers go out to him and his family. I'm glad he survived. He's one of our american acting gems out there good dude and uh just uh been a pleasure to watch him throughout his career and uh i'm glad and, and we he's doing better and hope for a speedy recovery my man yeah that was yeah that's serious man he got like run over so it's good that he survived as you say and uh and they even there was a little bit of a controversy where they actually changed the marketing materials and took the bruises off of his face for mayor of Kingstown ads because it looked like the shot he he took from that he put on Instagram. You know, you know what was really scary Axel. So it pixelated at one point when I was watching the second episode and his fake, he looked like a zombie for like three seconds and I like freaked out literally it was weird it was so bizarre i i was like what the heck is going on Uh, oh my god well we'll see uh we'll see if that has any resonance this season of mayor of kingstown but today we're going to be talking about both episodes we do apologize life got at us fast and we wanted to give this a proper due so we kind of pushed it back a week so we're going to be talking about episode one never missed a pigeon And episode two, Staring at the Devil, but we're going to talk about it together. I mean, this show is so serialized that I think to separate it might be kind of difficult. Uh, Both of these episodes were actually directed by Stephen Kay, who's a longtime veteran of this line here, coming from The Shield to Sons of Anarchy. He did Yellowstone, 15 episodes. He's also the husband of Piper Perubu. Oh, Piper Parabu. Yeah, remember? Was in Yeah, she's in Yellowstone. Yeah, she does very good in Yellowstone. Coyote Ugly baby. Ah, that's her husband. Um and both of these episodes were written by uh Tyler Sheridan and Hugh Dillon, our uh our co-creators of this excellent series. So, is uh, Ty- Tyler Sheridan Taylor's brother? Taylor, sorry, Taylor, <laughs> Tyler, sorry. Oh, I was, oh, you confused me like Jonah Nolan and Jonathan Nolan. Uh, I didn't know if there was. Oh man, 
people call him Tyler these days. Well, the thing is, as I was going to say, it's been a long time, dude. It's been over a year. Um, how are you feeling heading into this season solo? Well, I, you know, the first season was amazing right in our wheelhouse of shows we like, but it really, I, I, I think it's the best Taylor Sheridan or Tyler Sheridan show <laughs> on the, uh, on the market. I think this is, you know, the one with Hugh Dillon, of course, that he created it with, but I, I, you know, because it had been so long, we watched so much TV. I forgot how effing great it is. Like it was my number one show two years ago in our top 10 of the year. And I was realizing once I got back, I'm like, oh my God, I miss these characters. And I had to like adjust myself for a little bit when, 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 when it started, but it's funny how uh, they started the season, like on the boat with Iris and Mike. So it was almost like, okay, we just had riots, Kingstown's in shambles. What are they going to lead with? And they led with almost what felt like Axel, like the series finale, <laughs> like the last scene, though it was some foreshadowing. It was some, Interesting. Or it, was, it was just a moment in time, but that's what I felt like. So I was like, and then all of a sudden you get thrown back in and you see the fires and all the crazy stuff that happens. But it almost like I, I had that feeling like whether it was a dream sequence or the final shot of this, you know, where are we going to go? I don't know. We're just going to drive up, you know. You know, it's just kind of felt that for me. Uh, how, how are you feeling about going into the season? And what were some is some of your ways where you kind of had to get back into the Kingstown mode? Um, well, you know, it's funny. It's just there's so much television uh, and there's so many shows. And you kind of forget sometimes how a show kind of feels or, or how smooth it goes down, you know? And for some reason, I was kind of a little bit like, I love this show, but I was a little hesitant. I was like, are they going to be able to kind of pick up on that ferocious, not ferocious, ferocious <laughs> pace at the end? And, you know, it was just relentless, really. And so, and I was also a little bit mm, kind of a little wary of that. Oh, man, is this going to be so intense? And right, these two right. episodes just flew by. I remembered how easy that how this show has the ability to be both intense, but move fast at the same time. Uh, it doesn't sit in the moment too long, which I like about it. And when it does, it lets you kind of sit in it, you know, just as we ended last season with just Mike and Iris together, you know? Um, so I, I guess I was a little hesitant, but I was really happy. My, my, to go into our impressions, my impressions so far is I feel like the show is a bit more streamlined in these two episodes. I feel like it is moving faster. I feel like they have their, a little bit more of their finger on the pulse of what they're doing and, and they really are continuing the energy they had from the end of last season there's still a lot of questions that we have um and you know there's still some things about milo that i think we're still kind of questioning about the thing was buried and we still don't know if what goes back to um kyle chandler you know what i'm saying so right right we don't have hints of that but 
the way they got right back into the the uh, the prison stuff and the result of what happened with the riots on the people as well as the system and the town itself, well, I thought was really strong. And I was really happy about that because sometimes with a show like this, you come back from, you know, a year or more off. It's a streaming show. There's been so many and it feels like it has to like reaccustom, get you reaccustomed to the show and kind of start slow, but I felt like this started right out, like, what's going on? And I was like, peaked right away. Yeah, no, the, the, you know, I'm glad actually we're doing the first two episodes together because it did feel like this could have been a two night premiere with how the second episode ended and what it led up to. And I thought it was kind of quick that Mike had the idea, which we'll talk about. And I was like, oh, because it's funny, after I watched, took notes after watching the first episode, I had questions and maybe a couple of theories. And then I think a couple of them were kind of hinted to in the second episode. I'm like, damn it. I wanted to to ask you a couple of questions. And then it sort of, you know, answered itself or at least put it out there. Um, But I, you know, because, but it it just really, um, man, I, I wasn't sure, like you said, like, I wasn't sure how they were going to go about it. You know, you see them on the boat. They're kind of having this moment, you know, in the first season, you've had moments where he's making that German pancake or whatever, and you take the moment he likes to cook it. And then, it, you know, it has those like breaks, like in Saving Private Ryan, where everything's so intense, but then you have those moments to kind of catch your breath and then it goes. And so I like how they do that. And, um, I, I just like how they opened it with that. And I'm just like, and, and as soon as I saw Iris Axel, I'm like, I'm still confused over this woman. <laughs> <laughs> like she was like Milo's go-to to bring him in to get McCle- But then it's like, wait, she likes him. And then is she good? She not bad, you know, and she's, yeah, so it, it's a very complex character mm-hmm. um, throughout. Agreed, man. Agreed. Well, you know, one thing that I wanted to mention and then let's kind of let's dive into Mike and Iris and kind of since we okay. do, are doing both episodes, I figured, I don't know if you want to ask, I'd love to answer some questions. I thought we might kind of go character wise and storyline wise. But um, the first thing I did want to point out is that you texted me. You're like, the show really kind of looks different. Or I think you said to me, they're shooting somewhere different. And if we remember, they originally last season, this show was shot in Kingston, Ontario, where there are actually all these prisons and we had all those overheads that we're not seeing anymore of that area, (laughs) right? Because now it's being shot in Pittsburgh. And um, uh, A Hustle, our friend of of the podcast, of course, Lost Mythos fame, actually remember... I don't know, man. It was like over the summer, he happened upon them shooting and took some uh, iPhone pics and sent them over oh, like, that's I put right. them on the Facebook page. But yeah, so this is in Pittsburgh. So you notice that we're not really seeing a lot of the same kind of 
uh, even the, and I think it, a little bit changed the cinematography. There aren't as many. They still do in those nice slow overheads, but it's not. They're not as wide, showing all those different prisons and the bridges and the lake and everything. But I think that um, we're still, you know, as they move more into the show, maybe they'll do more stuff like that. Get us more into this area because it still does look very you know, Midwestern as it is rust belt. Yeah. Cause it, it, um, it almost seems like we're seeing a different part of the city. Yeah. Like, and I'm, it's okay with that, but it just felt a little like, cause the whole big thing with all these prisons and what a certain mileage, um, you know, they talked about. And so now, but with the kind of destruction and they're focusing on the fires and, just the, the lights and everything different. It, I mean, it's fine. Um, but it did take me out a little bit, but then I kind of just in my head was like, Oh, this is just, they're exploring different parts because bunny is now on a rooftop. So he's not in his front lawn anymore. So they are moving stuff. Now, one question I have for you as in the second episode, they call it tent city. Now the prison, is that outside the wall of the prison or is that a d- different location? Do they move the prisoners? I think we're supposed to believe that that is um, uh, a, uh, like a separate place where they were, where they had like their outside activities, or what do they call it when they when they the yard, the yard, yeah, yeah. Like they're basically out in the yard, like punishing them by putting them where they were during the riot and everything, you know, mm-hmm. but keeping them on okay. lockdown like that. But it definitely looks way different. <laughs> like it looks, yeah, because it seems like there's a train track or yeah, something it around it. Like it. It looks like some place in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks really cool, though. It almost it's it, it almost has like a Walking Dead or like dystopian feel. Totally, to it, you know? <laughs> totally. I was like, I was like, where's Pedro Pascal? <laughs> Last of Us is he going to be coming through? Um, yeah, exactly. Like, where is this like an alien colony or so? Look like a, um, uh, a watchable, like a district nine or something like that. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, cause you know, you notice like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure they built a set or whatever, but when he's going to his office, they, it was, it was at the end of the day, it was really dark. So you, I was kind of like, it feels a little different, Everything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It just looked different, but I mean, Hey, I mean, maybe with the passion passage of time, even though not a lot of time has passed in the show, but as a viewer, just watching it, you probably maybe wouldn't necessarily pick that stuff up. Um, but, but like you said, I, I'm happy the way the season has started I, I, with the intensity of the riots and everything that went down. It was like, well, how are they going to come back from this? Are they going to do two years later or are they going to, but I like the fact that the town is dealing with this and the, you know, and the carryover from what happened. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, well, let's start out talking about, uh, Mike and Iris. Cause this is where we end the second episode with Iris going back to Milo, leaving the question in, uh, in all of our minds, as we talked about so much last season, which was the original intent, like you just said, of her being sent to him, sent to Mike, right? Was right. to get to the bottom of this, of, you know, 
we still have the outstanding thing with Milo that he somehow expects Mike to get his money from the cops, right? That remember that? Oh, right, thing? right. And oh, there's, yeah. The, and there's another <laughs> thing that's hidden um, that we don't know about that might still be buried somewhere that they've talked about. So there's a lot of question about what is the purpose if 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 it turns out that uh, this whole thing was a ruse to re- a long super long con james lafleur style on <laughs> on mike by iris and milo we still don't really know this the end all purpose of it right um right though we know it has to do with a lot of money uh but do you think that's what is going on here or is this whole kind of meandering? Cause I felt like this storyline was a little me They're on a boat. Then he brings her home. Then she runs away. Then he puts her into FBI protection. Then she runs away. Right. Or oh, wait, yeah. the, wait, the protection comes first. Then he brings her home, which is like, why would you bring her to your house? It just, I don't, I talked to, what do you think solo? All right. So I, you know, from, from all the episodes we've watched, I believe that she really took a liking to Mike and really was at a point where if she could go away with him, I think she would. She feels safe with him. She feels there, there is a connection there. And whether that's a long con James LaFleur style or not, LaFleur, I'm like LaFleur, um, I, you know, I'm still up in the air, but I kind of believe like, the moments on the boat, the moments at the cabin, the moments of them together. But then when he's just pushing her off onto Witsec and everything, it's just like, I think, and then bringing her home to the brothers. And then she's just wants to get out of there and he won't let her leave. She's not wanted. I think that just broke her. Like she couldn't deal with that anymore. And why she went to back to Milo because she feels more safe than with Milo. I mean, I, I believe because um, Mike can't be with her 24 seven, but I really believe she would escape with him. Now, my big question though is how, so did Milo um, <laughs> text Iris? Hey, if I ever break out of prison, I'm going to go to this church <laughs> underneath. Like how did she find out that <laughs> he was there? That's that, the yeah. only thing. Maybe there's something like a, a, a Iris, if I'm ever, you know, hiding, I'll be in this church. Like, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate question, right? Like she walks in there so nonchalant, but then she kind of, she is totally overdramatic at all times. This character has been from the beginning, very theatrical. Um, she reminds me of that. She's always playing the, uh, what's, uh, I could have been a contender, you know, been somebody. Yeah. You know, the woman from what's her name? Stella. Oh no. That was, was that a different one? Stella. Yeah. Um, uh, the, on the waterfront, on the waterfront. Could have been a contender. Yeah. Stella is, uh, Oh God. Streetcar. Oh, okay. So I mean, streetcar. Um, but anyway, I would think, you know, she kind of bows down and she's like, I don't have a home. This is my home, you know? And, and right. he's like, of course, what does he say to her? Something like, you know, you, 
you're home now, yeah, Sansa. Oh, I mean, Irish. You always have a home with me or something. So it's yeah. kind of, is that conciliatory? Is she saying, hey, I did kind of get caught up in this and I ended up liking him, but now I'm back and we can use that against him. So in this, in this way, it's like a long con on her by Milo sending her to do one on Mike, knowing that she would also get caught up with Mike, right? So Milo kind of did her dirty twice over. Um, right. But, I mean, we, or, we shall see. Or is she like, the only way I can escape and start a new life is if Milo's dead and I'm going to go kill him. There, there you go. I'm going to put so, a real end to this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and I like the fact that we're, we're kind of unbalanced and really don't know. And it was just so like in, in a lot of shows, okay, send the big guns in. Oh, it's this innocent girl, but she's going to do a number on you. And she sort of did, but didn't, but did it in a different way. And yeah. as an audience, we're still questioning what's going on. Yeah. So what's your, what's your thoughts on Iris there? Uh, solo. Well, a few more thoughts on Iris. One, remember last season when she got sold to what the the White Brotherhood, yeah, yeah. and was the Nazis, and all that, yeah. yeah. And so, I'm thinking, I, I gotta believe, and with Mike helping her out with that and killing the guy and, and killing a man for her, I don't think she's gonna go against Mike. I really do think she wants to kill Milo, unless she's just mentally messed up. But you know what? I don't know if they missed the boat. I don't, it probably would have been maybe good for later. I, I don't know. But like when she was at uh, Kyle's house and Miriam's there, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a match made in heaven. Yes. Miriam and Iris kind of because she looks like she needs to save somebody. Yeah. Miriam, her, her sons are lost. She tries with Kyle and kind of he took that job upstate. So, OK, you know, that's kind of working. And, and Mike's a lost cause. And she lost her other son. It feels like, and then when she goes to the prison and he's like, gee, these stormtroopers, you know, and then they're like, either you leave or the class is over. And they're like, all right, class is over. See ya. And she's like, what? Like she needs something. Yeah. Um, and so I, That's I just why felt I was like surprised. Uh, I have to say, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but since no, we're no, talking no. about it, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was this is what kind of disappointed me about the Iris Mike, particularly Iris storyline over these two episodes, which is like I said, it's just kind of, it was almost a little keystone copy where she's just going one place. She runs away, go another place. She runs away. You know, she wants yeah. to be with him. We're on a boat. But when Miriam and her connected there and when Miriam so instantly took to her right like mm -hmm. you're safe here you can do you need something like really like you said it was like one of her students i was hoping that that would continue i was hoping that this was gonna be something but then that was over so quickly right right um, and it just explodes so i just felt it was a little here and there and i just i don't know i hope they become a little bit more focused with that because i do think that the actress who's playing iris emma laird 
is really good. She's really good. And yeah, like it's weird. Her voice doesn't match her looks. She seems a lot more mature because she looks young, but her voice is very mature. And it, well, it kind of goes to the character too. Someone so young who has had to mature in a way to, to live, get through this life. So, but she, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. So I hope that my hope is that now that she's back with Milo, we're going to get more clarity and more focus on what Milo's after, who Milo is, and we're going to see a little bit of what makes him so powerful because in these in in the, in these episodes too as especially when Mike is figuring out that he escaped which mm-hmm. I I like that little detective story, right? Like yeah, yeah. it's it's you know what was interesting about these two episodes too is I almost felt like Mike was doing a lot of detective like cop stuff. Like I kind of like that again. Like when he would just show up on the scene, you know, and you're like, why the fuck is that dude there? And then all of a sudden he's, he's the Kingstown consultant, <laughs> you know, he's like I t- thought about that too. I'm like, he's just showing up to the worst scenes ever. It's like, yeah. Mike, come on in. They're just like, get the fuck away. Mike's at work. And they're like, who the fuck is Mike? We're cops here. Does he have a badge? Um, but, uh, oh gosh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, well, oh, um, the old- Oh, God. The only thing is, Axel, though, is Mike is desperately <laughs> tried to protect her and keep her away. And then once he finds out Milo is out there, he calls witness protection and all that. And then she just shows up to the hidden church. <laughs> yes. like, And it kind of deflates everything. I know he's distracted, yeah. but, you know, it's just like all that stuff he was trying to do just went out the window. Yeah. Well, that gets me back on track. Is that. I was hoping that there would be something with Miriam um, and Iris, and maybe there is, but if there isn't, hopefully we get clarity on Milo and what's really going on there. And, um, oh, I got caught up thinking about the cool detective stuff of him finding that Milo escaped. That's what, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yes. But I like that. And I like that they kind of sprinkled that in. He's doing this, he's doing that, and then they, they discover it. But we still, and at that point, he's like, you don't know who this guy is. This guy's a serious, you know what I mean? He's serious business. So we keep on hearing this and hearing this. Whereas meanwhile, to kind of transition, if we might, into the repercussions of the riot on the streets, that's where we really mm. see, it seems like shit is, this was, both these episodes were super violent and we had yeah. like death murder scenes and a lot of shooting and death in both of them, uh, both inside the prison and outside. But I thought that this kind of vacuum of power that's going on here uh, as a result of the riots was pretty awesome because this is exactly what Mike talked about, right? In all. Yep. In, Every time they sat down in the damn diner, he was like, if you do this, you're, this is breaking down the fundamental principles, <laughs> like, right? <It's> like, <laughs> the space time continuum will fold upon itself, both inside <laughs> the prison and on the streets. And that's what we're seeing. And I thought they did a great job. It was almost wire, like of showing yeah. like, like 
jump in here, jump in there. That the, the, it was really great the way and the way they did the scene when the girl comes out of the house and she's like, "People got shot," and then the guy comes up and shoots her. Oh my god, that gave me a little jump. Uh, I did not expect that there. Yeah, and then he and then that particular dude who I don't believe we saw see again, and I don't know if we will, but I hope we do in the sense that I thought he was a good actor picks up that phone and he's like, you better not come here because we'll kill the cops too or something, right? Like that now. So that wasn't the same character as the, the one that was bleeding out and gave them information. Uh, maybe it was, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought he had longer. Yeah, hair. I don't know. I would have to go back yeah. and look at that. But I thought that guy who picked up the phone had longer hair, but he did have the same gun. So it may have been him. They like doing that showing a character. Yeah. So it's quite possible it's a, he's representational of the people who did that, right? Right, so right, right. It doesn't matter. But that scene is awesome. Oh yeah, that. I mean, the 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 uh, gang member jumping on the car and shooting from oh, the roof. Oh my god! And then, the, of course, the pit bull. And then Ian goes nuts to kill the thing. <laughs> as a, like I, he got off like six, seven shots. Or he was I'm very like, oh, my funny god. in these. <laughs> he had me yeah. cracking up a couple times. Yeah. And I, and I like, um, even with what's going on on the outside and everything, I love the way they've used the Evelyn character. We even are in yes. with, it, with her emotion, yep. like telling them you'll never see a crime scene like this. And the way she just breaks down is like what, and they talk about how they're being, you know, why they're single maybe for different reasons, but just the life. And I really, um, I really like that character. I'm glad she got, she's a, a bigger role in these couple episodes and hopefully moving forward because great actress. Mm-hmm. And, but I just like having, you know um, you know, we have some females, you know, in the storyline, which we need because all the testosterone and we need some good female characters and they really have a chance here to really make her a really great yeah, character. Yeah. And I, and I hope they do it because Ah, I just, you know, I, I really have taken to her. And when, when she's breaking down after, it was just a great moment. And the way Mike makes her laugh, because he knows her, you know, they have sex, of course, yep. predominantly, but he knows her. Yep. They've done the nasty. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, of course, in Axel's words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do people still say that? They knock the kids boots. say the nasty. Uh, they knock boots that. That would be a solo one. But uh, yeah, no, and it just, it was it was a good moment. And again, with all this chaos and as reality is chaos, it's one of the lines there. And I think of chaos as a ladder, but that's another show. But I, I just like, it was nice to have that moment. And it really, they that's the great thing about the show. They have those re- reality moments. Like when they're in the new diner <laughs> where they're eating. Yeah. When uh, Robert, a boy Hamish, uh, or Hamish, uh, I love that dude. I, every time that dude's on screen, I just, I love hey, him. He's my guy. Yeah. And the, and it was interesting. He shoots that kid, right? I, I told you three times. Right. And right. then though later in the second episode, I think it's Bunny says, what's this crazy motherfucker doing here? So <laughs> yeah. he has a, the, he has a name on the streets, yes. which is something that they're kind of well, communicating to us. What I want to get to. So, Remember when Mike's there talking and um, he gets up, like while Mike's kind of in the middle, he goes, uh, he gets up to go take a piss or whatever. He doesn't want to hear it. And the big thing that Bunny tells Mike 
about they're out there and they're they're um they're looking for a trophy you know bag a trophy mm-hmm. they're gonna hunt down someone significant and i'm wondering if they're foreshadowing that it could oh, be him i i love especially that. with bunny saying yep. saying oh i had that in my notes for- like something something's oh. up there highlighting him for some reason yeah i think that's great i was like yeah i was like wait what i just had like something's up with robert <laughs> what's up yeah. with robert uh he's and, gotta, and i yeah and I, I love that character and I love, but he would be one of those surprise kills that you're like, oh yeah. man, but it would, it would weigh pretty high because yeah. I mean, you know, when they rescued them in the prison last season, he's leading mm-hmm. the charge. Like he's just, he's a badass dude. And the way, you know, when they have the, the meeting yeah, and he's, he's the warrior controlling on the cop it, side, dude. And, 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 and to lose him would be a big thing. I like because that. I mean, I guess kind of Ian would, but I don't know if he's as where freaking, you know, of course, Kyle would be bad, but that would screw up Mike. And I don't think they would do that. Bunny definitely wouldn't do that. But, you know, who are they looking at to take out uh, is a big question. I, uh, who would be a trophy enough? You sold me yeah. on that solo. I, I think that's, okay. yeah, I, I think that's a hundred percent. A hundred percent who it who the who that's gonna be. Now we'll see if that happens though, right? Because that's well, that would be a consequence of this um false how about this? Oh, go ahead. I got another thing for you, Axel. I don't mean to jump on you. <laughs> yeah, what, I love it. But but I like jumping on you. But what this like, especially this first episode did, it foreshadowed things that happened in this second episode or things to come. What about this? Miriam gets mugged by that kid and she wants to help him and she mm-hmm. doesn't press charges and they're like, he's just going to kill. What if that kid is, could be gang affiliate or decides to take someone out of significance? I don't know if he's like part of the gang or if he would be trained to do that, but kind of like spoiler for the wire forward 20 seconds, how Omar got killed by some rando. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if that they would do just that to make their name. Yep. But I think that kid, he's going to kill somebody. It may not be Robert. And, you know, I mean, if, if we see Robert at a liquor store, he gets shot in the head. I'm going to be like, <laughs> but, you know, that kid, I almost feel like it's foreshadowing that character could wind up or could save. Who knows? Could mm-hmm. save Miriam later on if Miriam's about to get attacked. There's so many different ways when you're in the writing writer's room. How do we get to this point? What can we do? What can we set up? And I think we've seen, you know, a lot of things being set up here in the first two episodes that could go down later in the season. I like that. I, I like that very much. Um, what I was going to say is this could be something like your what you just said is later in the season, right? Because mm-hmm. that it seems as if that idea may be shelved in light of the fact that Mike comes up with this kind of cockamamie plan to have all the the head since there (laughs) is no head or there is, but nobody's following orders. Right. And they're not working together to solidify the streets and bring back the kind of code that Mike and, and his brother and his dad had solidified. Um, they uh they have decided to round the, round up all the leaders 
Trump on trumped up charges, which they're later going to throw out, but only long enough. So they're forced to come together in the prison to make some kind right. of agreement together. So you could see if maybe they make the agreement, but someone's not happy because when they all come together, they try to quickly kind of establish beefs. Like one guy's like, what the fuck are you here? And Bunny's like, we got to learn to work together. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And the other guy's like, you're working with the fucking whatever, you know? And like, then the kid that got shot or who, and who shot the other kids, Mike got out of him that they're working with the Mexicans. Right. So that's right. a, that's a whole different thing, which is when there is a power vacuum like that, it, prov- it, it, it gives the opportunity for someone new who we don't see yet through the show to kind of Mm -hmm. step in. Right. Um, and then we get a kind of a new, we see a new kind of like white power guy who's who step, who comes into, um, Cedar Rapids. Yeah. Let's, I mean, we'll see, it, it could be that that doesn't work out or someone goes against it, isn't happy what they agree with. And then they go ahead with that plan and go ahead and kill Robert. And it, I could see that happening, man, because that interconnectedness and you know, also in this world, that empathy that Miriam is showing is weakness, right? It's not, it's not going to be that kid. Isn't going to be like, Hey, you're great. Let me go help you teach in the prisons yeah 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 it's probably that would be something i think later in life if he eventually did get out of the life and made something himself he would think yeah. of that lady that maybe that was the first thing that kind of helped him like hopefully start thinking about leaving hopefully but i don't know i i i almost feel like it's gonna go against what she's trying to do um you know there's a bunch of you know branches you could uh, say, well, you go this way, go this way, go this way. Um, the way the city is and the chaos, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot of hope for the kid, but it's amazing how they worked him over and then they're going to, you know, assault with a deadly weapon while he had a knife while he didn't use it. You know, it's kind of how they work. And of course it's Mike's mom. So of course they're gonna, you know, um, so, so, I mean, I don't know if a big enough trophy head would be Kareem, but the great Michael Beach, who plays Kareem, has got a bigger role this season. I mean, he was in it last year, of course, and had a lot of bad things happen to him. Do do we do we know if he did get raped in the prison? I don't remember. Well, I, I remember mean, he got the shit kicked out of him, but he probably he was tied up to a pole. And yeah, we didn't see any of that, right? But we hear right. that they they said that they have a they said a hundred and. This a hundred and something people died, right? And they and they had like three hundred cases or something against of what they did to guards, right? Right. And we do see him. That's him. That's crying. That mm-hmm. finds him crying. So, and then he. So the whole process of seeing him crying, lie, seemingly. And he's in denial. Right. Yeah. He's in denial. Lying to get his job back just so he can 
have revenge. And then we see him enact the revenge. And then we later find out that he's now like the interim <laughs> warden. warden. <yeah. laughs> so he's he's going to have a little bit of a different attitude than the last warden had. I think so, Axel. Um. <laughs> so we're, that's going to be interesting to see how he and Mike um, are right. going to Because I could see him renege on yep. some... I could see him going against the D I mean, he's got a lot of emotion there. He, he's not cured. He's got a lot of anger built up and poor guy. I mean, he's, he got scared when his wife came, he's buck naked. He's yeah, in the, that, you know, yeah. the closet or, or the barn or the whatever shed or whatever. And it just, uh, the basement, I just named every possible <laughs> place. He could be. The, yeah. man cave. Um, the man cave. Um, <laughs> but it was just like, cause at first I didn't realize it was him. And then I was like, Oh man, yeah. that was another yeah. thing. And then I started thinking about the riot and all that. I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, man, it's been a beach of sons cause Michael beach has been in everything I'm watching, whether yeah. it's a couple episodes, he's, he's, I mean, he's always worked, but I just see him in more, more things over and over. He was just in, uh, um, uh, King of Tulsa King. That's right. Yeah, the, the dad. He the, plays the dad. Yeah, in Tulsa, the dad of, uh, of the of the driver. The driver. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I've seen him in a few other things because, like, a few years ago, I saw him in uh, Oh Deep Blue Sea Two, and I'm like, Whoa. Oh, yeah, movie wasn't that good, but I was like, Oh, Michael Beach is in it. Hey, hey you friend. know, hey. you're an actor. You got to work, right? You got to work. And, but but he's such a good actor that he can do crappy movies and he still get work because he's that caliber. But you know, um, yeah, hey, I like what they're I, setting up with him, and I am interested to see how it's going to involve Mike. I also thought it was interesting how they are kind of deepening or maybe exposing bunny and Mike's relationship. And I love, I want bunny to be in more of the, I love he and Mike just sitting there, you know, they love to use that picture too. And all the marketing them to just sitting there <laughs> on the, uh, on the, on the chairs. But um, I, I think it's interesting the way they set that whole thing up where the guy ratted out the lab, right. To kind of fuck mm -hmm. with them crips versus bloods but then also that um you have uh ian kind of trying to get mike to blame shit on bunny right and kind of use yeah. the relationship that they have um and then you see bunny is not exactly happy with mike that he's a part of the whole thing to get him arrested and sent to fucking prison yeah jehovah's so, witness looking motherfucker yeah, oh, that's a great line. Um, that's a great line. So I love great that line. kind of stuff. I, I like the way they're building this up again, where like last season we had the different guards and they're disagreed the, the politics involved. So I like how they're, they set that whole thing up with bunny and how, because of all the chaos, it, it kind of exposes everyone's position, right? Like, mm -hmm. because everyone, when things are calm, they're all just doing their thing and they don't need to know if somebody's doing something right. Like a lot of the, a lot of the first episodes last season was Mike saying like, I don't need to know that you don't need to know this, right? Like we're doing this now. It's like, everybody kind of has to know everything because they're all coming at each other and they, no one can trust each other. 
Uh, right. So it exposes them. And I like that. And I, I'm in, I'm, I think it's fun the way they ended it with all the, the lead guys going into the prison, because I like to see now we can kind of go back into the prison and get more of that politics and see what's yep. going to actually happen. And, and Bunny can now kind of be a more, he he's always has like potential energy in the show because he's back at a distance. Now he's involved with everything. And I like to see him interact with everyone. Yeah. I mean, just like when he gets off the bus and everyone goes yep. silent, all the prisoners, and it'll be interesting to see how the juxtaposition between life on the outside, drinking beers on your lawn, versus mm-hmm. being in prison and having to shot call or do you know so that I, again i didn't even think of that but it's it, it's i think it's great for really to make this season a success to really have that dynamic to it and i'm really looking forward to see how that all works out um because it, i mean like they say if inside i mean if in the shots are being called from inside. And if that's not controlled, you know, the outside is mayhem. And it's just like, I mean, you got eight year olds getting shot at bus stops and, you know, they're talking about hitting churches. I mean, it's, it's a full on war and the national guard, who knows if they'll send it at any point. But of course, Mike's wants to avoid that because then all their shit is forget it. They, the national guard ain't letting Mike McCluskey come to a crime scene. (laughs) If they entered the fray. So, um, um, so it's just sort of interesting. At, I look back at my notes and it was 197 deaths and 724 individual crime investigations as a Jesus. result of the riots. So this is, they made, they really went SOA style with the amount of violence and crazy shit. They did. They did. They did get a little sons, baby. Um, but yeah, you know, even Evelyn was talking real quick about, you know, yeah. when, when Mike's investigating, like, well, do you have how many police uniforms were, you know, what's the inventory? Like it's Mike, it's a disaster. Yeah. Uh, you know, the computers are all down and she, I mean, it's just like, but the way she like just set like broke it down that simple really made you think, oh my God, this is a big disaster. I mean, <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, and again, the way that they did some of the montages with stuff happening outside, this stuff had the just random acts of like that one dude just gets the shit kicked out of him and it's like balls stomped Ugh. in the prison yard. Um, what you do you just, think? You see that about, you know, that first beat down in the yard and they kind of brought it up. I think bunny brings it up in the second mm-hmm. episode. Like I was almost like, was that something the guards sanctioned? Cause they were talking about, you know, keeping the peace but what about the guards that gang and how they're just taking people out and yeah, doing things and i'm letting, like letting i'm like things I, happen yeah yeah so yeah. i'm wondering was that an initial like because the way his balls got stomped and everything i'm like was he one of the at first i'm thinking was he one of the rapists and mm. so raped another guard Interesting. and so the guards let that happen so it's kind of i know they they had to stay stand back and the one uh guard is like dude do you want me to intervene no okay but I'm wondering if the guards are, I mean, we do see it when uh Kareem comes back and they, those, Definitely, they man. basically kill those three dudes. I'm what, that's why when that first one, I'm thinking, Oh, but then they talk about how there's no leaders. Everyone's there's no shot calling. Everyone's kind of on their own doing their yep. thing, going to make their claim. And so I don't know if, you know, what the significance of some of these prisoners who are just beat to hell, 
I, I don't know if that's blood versus Crips or what. We don't know the details on why those happen. So that's kind of still up in the air. Well, I think I think it could be a mix of both, right? Right. You right. know, and and I think that could be kind of the chaos of it all. Is like I was saying about everyone's positions being exposed, is because no one has anyone to trust, and no one feels as though they are in a position of power. Um, you know, it's like Game of Thrones shit, where it's advantageous to a situation for even if the person is a terrible leader or king that someone needs to be the king, the shot caller. It's funny because, um, Jamie was in that movie called shot caller. Remember? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I think I just saw it the other day. So now all of a sudden I'm dropping shot caller. Like, yeah, yeah no, that, was, that was a good caller. movie. I like that movie. Um, with a beard, um, and both hands, <laughs> spoiler alert. Both but, hands. um, one other thing I want to mention, we haven't talked about it yet is there is definitely a fun, and I really liked this subplot of what's up with Kyle. Check it in with yes. Crazy Kyle, where uh, he is now working upstate or wherever, downstate, um, where there's water, wherever they are uh, in Kingstown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's the it would be the Michigan northern border yeah. to Canada. So, but but one of my things before he's like he worked he took the job upstate. But yet his family still lives in yeah, Kingstown. Yeah, I didn't get crowd. that. I was going to say. Okay, okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, that, Go let's ahead. talk about it. I didn't understand. He he. For, we don't see Kyle for a little bit, right? Then we see him. Then there's a scene where somebody says, hey, where's Kyle? And he's like, <laughs> he took that job upstate. And then we see Kyle and we get the whole thing with his partner and he's lax and they pull over the boat. And then he, the partner gets shot and he takes out a couple and there's a baby in the car, um, which was intense and crazy um, and just kind of shows like wherever he goes, he's surrounded by violence, right? Like right, right. He, he could try to escape it. The whole last season, his wife, who I don't think, I think we just briefly see his wife when we see Iris, right? Yeah, yeah. She comes down the stairs. Yeah. I thought there might be a little bit more buildup of that because there was the whole thing about the kid and him getting out and it seemed to be so important, but then it's, this seems to be totally meaningless. Like, you know, I guess there's less dead people up there, but he killed them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess he's out of Kingstown, but his family's not, maybe it it takes time. They're going to eventually move. I I don't know. They don't want to leave the mother. Just like, you know, get a a spot. You have a job, right? Like what's the point of working upstate. If you're coming back home to Kingstown and how um, far is upstate from there? You know, he's commuting a lot. Is he just coming home on the weekends? I need to know this stuff. Axel. Yeah. Yep. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I thought it was, uh, I liked the whole thing, but I, um, I was unsure of where, what it's really telling us, right? Like I'm saying is, I guess it's that no matter where he goes, he lives. This is, if he continues to be a cop, if he's around the crooks and the cops, he's going to be around violence, right? So maybe this is setting up him to return with a different attitude, maybe, maybe an attitude that is more violent. And he is then set up against Mike in a way. Cause I, we kind of felt that could be coming, you know? So I don't know. What was your impressions of 
And I did want to call out, I'm trying to look on IMDb, the actor, that great character actor who plays his partner. He's in yeah, so he was much good. stuff. Oh, I love him. He's always good. He was in, wasn't he in Lost too, one episode? I think he was in. Oh, I don't know. I didn't Lost. recognize him. Yeah, he's he's in a he's a yeah he's in a lot of stuff. Him up. I'm not, but he no, he's IMDb. great. He's not because like to me. me you're to me you're a rookie. I yeah. like that. Um, but I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. The stuff on the boat they were setting it up. I mean, because Kyle went full like Jack Bauer on the boat and without killing anyone and then it's for syrup <laughs> and play, not paying a tariff uh but they i was like okay they're setting this up because something's gonna go down and then as soon as they were pulling that thing over i'm like he's dead and sure enough but i'm like you know were they just tweakers were they hauling cocaine or something or meth in the in the boat i'm like check the boat i thought there was gonna be someone with a shotgun or something in the uh, covered part of the boat um but his reaction, Michael Gaston. To, oh, that that was Michael Gaston. Yep. Oh, I love Michael Gaston. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him because of the beard. Yep. I've been waiting for Michael Gaston to show up. Oh, that was him the whole time. Oh yeah, Michael Gaston's been Prison Break, great role, in Prison Break, yeah. Fringe. I mean, he's been yeah, he's in everything. Oh, that was Michael Gaston. I didn't even recognize him. Jeez. Uh, and another character actor that's in it with, you know, uh, Kareem's right-hand man, uh, um, an ass actor, Lance Garrison, who plays Carney. Okay. Uh, he's the, he's in prison break. He was like the tweak. I mean, the, the, the pickpocketer at prison break where Michael put a shine to and kind Lane of Garrison. Then, oh, Lane. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, Lane. definitely. You're totally and, right. And he yeah, actually, this guy's and been he in a actually, bunch of stuff. well, right after prison break, he was, you know, drunk and he killed a pedestrian. <gasps> and so he went to prison for like three years. Oh, that's that dude. Yeah. I mean, there's two of them. There's one from Sopranos. No, I know. Prison, I remember. But yeah. that's him. Cause I remember that the no, prison break star. Yeah. And then he's since come back and you know, he was doing, he was working when he got out, but then yeah. he was in a four episodes of Yellowstone. And yeah, so this probably led to this. Stuff. So, yeah. But he, I mean, but so he's another guy in there like, oh my God, I knew him right away. Cause I think last year we rewatched prison break. So it was fresh in my mind and I'm like, didn't he, didn't he kill someone? And I'm like, no, it's the Sopranos guy that, you know, that was in Crimson Tide and Bronx Tale. But then I was like, no, maybe it's, but yeah, no, I looked it up and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, well, it's good to see him back. He's a good actor. Yep. He entered prison in May, 2007 and was released in 2009 for good behavior. Yeah. Mm. Vehicular manslaughter and providing driving under the influence, providing alcohol to a minor. Yeah. The, the Sopranos guy was a robbery, I believe. Yes, that's right. I think he had been since released. Yeah, I think died, he right. since had been released, and he was trying to get work. Yeah, I remember hearing a story about it. But uh, another claim to fame, Solo, he went to high school with former Tony Romo flame Jessica Simpson. Well, there you go. Comes full circle. Comes full circle. Uh, yeah, I mean this show. Uh, I mean Taylor Tyler is great the, the <laughs> casting is we're always talking about that last season too and whenever we talk about these shows this is just great casting you have people pop up and you're just like yeah they're awesome and then you have new people come through like bunny 
and you're like, I want more of this person, you know? So yeah. it's great stuff. But what the hell is going on with Kyle? I do think that it's just pushing him back uh, to Kingstown. Yeah. And, and, you yeah. Know, and it's, it is just totally suspicious that it's kind of writing itself. Cause like you're saying, they didn't even move the <laughs> wife and kids you know what I mean? like, yeah. and kid. I should say they didn't even move them. So, or has the kid been born yet? No, she's still pregnant. No, he mentioned pregnant wife. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, pregnant. did the kid get, did the kid get born yet? Not yeah, yet. No, so. this is only like days after everything happened yeah. or a couple weeks. So, yeah. So, and did you find, um, what'd you think of them using, uh, Mike doing a voiceover these first two episodes. Oh, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I found that to be interesting. And especially when you mentioned to me that the boat stuff felt like a um, uh, kind of foreshadowing of what's to come. And I was like, that's, it did, I don't know. I have, uh, you know, I don't know how long the series is going to last. Um, I don't know what they're building up to, but it felt kind of like Mike was detached from it in some way. It's 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 almost like he was reading it, or so, you know, it was. I don't know. It was inter- It was strange. I I'm actually a, yeah. kind of a fan of voiceover. I know it's seen as being lazy and whatnot, but I kind of enjoy. I kind of like it. I think it adds a different element. Yeah, because I like how you know they bring back like you know in the first season where Miriam talked about his father and everything. And the fact that he's quoting his dad and really interesting about the journal, just, you know, my dad couldn't wait till he got older. So he'd soften and and write the, only the good things and all the bad things you do kind of fade away as you get older and you only read the good memories that really hit me. And I was, so I was like, Ooh, I'm liking this. And then the second episode, they went voiceover as well. And, just sometimes, I mean, if it's a Scorsese film, he starts the film with a voiceover just to get you into the world. Um, sometimes you hear voiceovers of people who are dead. Uh, sometimes yes. you hear voice. So, you know, so Famously, there's different yeah. things. So, yeah. So what are they doing that for? Is it just a new uh, way to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I hope. Like I said, from these two episodes, I do find the show to be a bit more focused in the plot and i do i i hope and my feeling was that it's it's a way of kind of pushing us towards a point is he reading that journal is he now dead right like you're saying it gave me that feeling Mm -hmm. is he in prison it's is it after the events that are happening now it kind of frames the events it's like we you know I always like to ask myself, why are we watching this story now? Right? Right. Like, why are we watch? Why do we come into the life of, of the McCluskeys now? And we see it's because initially the death of his brother, right? That's right. what propels right. and him taking over exactly. his role and him and not a lot of chef stuff in these two episodes either, which I kind of, we didn't get the cabin, you know, we don't get to. I, I, well, we got his. We got like uh, we can go out to dinner. That's and true. He's like, no, I'm cooking in the galley. So that's we did true. get that. We did get part, okay. Did get you're right, but no bear. We didn't get to feed the bear. But no bear, but he did say there's no bear in the lake. 
<laughs> so you're safe. So I, they did add those little touches. Yep. Yep. Because it is the Feed the Bear, the Bear podcast. It is Feed the Bear. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All of a sudden the bear comes over. Hey, guys. Oh. <laughs> it's like Make swimming. From a dream. It's like, let me in. And they uh, throw down like one in. of those circle things, right? <laughs> yeah. Whatever that's called. Circle things. Uh, floaty. Um, I forgot what it uh, uh Oh my God. I don't even remember what that's called. <laughs> you throw it, uh, yeah, throw me the flotation device. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. life, uh, but um, yeah. that's why hope from the voiceover that I, I, I feel like they're kind of pointing us towards a direction. Why we're here. This, these are important events and the end of the second episode is gave me hope too. Like with her going with, uh, Iris going back to Milo because I want this is like the driving thing we still I mean we still don't know what you know what the hell Kyle Chandler was up to right like yeah, I hope we get that like, and, and we it doesn't have to be now getting another flashback and like you know like yeah, get a yeah. flashback some and, sort of deal he had with yeah that yeah. would be cool um, alright anything yeah. else that you want to talk about Solo um, you know, I don't think I do. Let me just glance. I think we covered everything. Um, you know, there was there was a one line. I think Ian says it. Welcome to national news. After that that massacre, you know that crime yeah. scene. Yep. It was just like, oh man. Um, I mean, it was just they just executed, and the fact that we found out, like, yeah, no, who who called it? You know, who called the shot? Shot call. Uh, and it's like, no, we're, everyone's just kind of doing their own thing, creating chaos. And, you know, it, it's just, it's scary. Cause even my wife was just like, man, is this, does this, has this ever really happened? And I'm like, well, I guess South central there, there was really the heyday of the, of, you know, the gang wars. Gosh, um, I mean, I'm sure the show's every day in America. I mean, it's, it's every, every day, yeah. but like how it's just, you, you just, it, yeah, it's everywhere. But this, I mean. When, when they're at war, when it's, I mean, there's gang violence and then there's this, <laughs> which is like gang violence to the new level. And it's scary because this shit does happen. And there's innocent families who are living in these areas who, you know, get killed or have to live through this. And it, it, and it's shocking and it, it's so sad. Um, and it's like, I, I would move my family if I could. Uh, you know, sometimes a lot of people can't. They, they don't have the means to get out. But um, you think what a job upstate, you'd want to get your family up. But, you know, mm-hmm. especially, especially after you went through in the riot, you know. So, um, but uh, we'll see uh, what happens. Follow. Yeah. We shall see what happens next week on Feed the Bear, baby. And I do want to give a shout out to Lady Pris, our newest patron. I want to give a shout out to to Wade on the Facebook page who is happy that we're back podcasting. We yeah, want to we, give we... a shout out to everyone who's listening because we still are the only mayor of Kingstown podcast in the world talking about this show on a weekly basis. So help us out. Spread the word. You know, share the podcast with someone. Write us an email. Hit us up at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We had many great people that we were hearing from last year. 
right? Uh, yeah. And people that were writing into us and talking to us about the show. So let's get that back up and kicking. We want to hear from y'all. We love you. Solo. Any last words? Can you take this fucking thing off me? I love it, baby. Mayor Kingstown, we're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we out. Peace.